Happy summer, everyone, and welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions. My name is Courtney. And I am Carl. This is episode 96, and as I alluded to, we are going through our summer 2022 anime first impressions. You don't say. <laughs> this episode will be spoiler free, so no worries if you haven't seen any of the anime on our list. I am fighting back a really bad cough. I'm sorry. I just started coughing right before we started recording, thought I was okay, and I feel like I have to cough again. Yeah, today's been weird for me too because I've had a a stuffy not a stuffy nose, a runny nose. I've been sneezing the whole like the whole damn day. I don't know why. I feel like our allergies, maybe we talked about this before. Our allergies have been really fucking weird this year. Normally you and I have fall allergies that start in September, but this shit started in spring and has not stopped. So I don't know what the fuck's going on in Illinois, but we are being assaulted by allergens <laughs> yeah. i don't see any pollen like flying through the air can you see a, pollen like you know like dandelion stuff or whatever i don't know i don't fucking know <laughs> yeah, I all know i know either. is it makes me sneeze a lot but you know what doesn't make me sneeze our patrons yes <laughs> i was looking at you i'm like is he gonna get what i'm trying to say yes our patrons so we had a very interesting few days where we had three new patrons join our Patreon. And I was like so taken back by it because normally we have one, you know, every couple of weeks, every couple of months. And here are three folks, three amazing people joined our Patreon. And I was like, holy shit, what the fuck is happening? So I want to make sure that we properly honor every single one of them. Yes. So thank you to Guelar. The Big Yikes, and Hernstrom for your support of our podcast on Patreon. In the words of some famous playwright, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? For thou art more lovely and more temperate. Wow, that is like <laughs> the most regal and buttoned up shout out we have ever done. Yeah, you know, I just took it from some famous dead guy. <laughs> <laughs> So most of you might be familiar with uh, Hernstrom's name. They have contributed a couple times to our podcast through the the Discord submissions that we put out there. Uh, they're also a very active member of our Discord, and I believe Guelar and the Big Yikes have recently joined our Discord as well. Uh, so we are glad to not only have them as active members of our Discord community, but also as part of our, our lovely, lovely community of patrons. Yes, it's awesome to see you guys all on Patreon and all on Discord as well. We very much appreciate it. And if anyone out there listening would like to support the show and get access to things like our bonus episodes, our pre-show, our show schedule, which is cool because you can see what's coming up on the podcast. You can even submit questions for us to answer on the podcast about those upcoming episodes. Um, head over to patreon.com slash series. So in other big news, happy early birthday. Oh, thank you. I was not <laughs> expecting that. <laughs> I think as as of the time of this episode releasing, it'll be two days away from my birthday, and I will be turning the big 3-0 this year. Wow, 30 years old. Welcome almost to the dirty 30s. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, you know, I thought like, when I was younger, 30 would be such a, a monumental age to to reach. But I think the mentality of a lot of millennials now, myself included, 
is just like same shit, different year. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have the added bonus of your body starting to break down. Oh, so yeah. look forward to that. I Someone told me that right before I turned 30. They're like, when you hit 30, suddenly just everything stops. Like your metabolism stops. Your energy stops. Everything starts hurting in weird places. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. You're just saying that because, you know, I'm almost 30 years old. Well, now I'm a couple of years into 30 and yeah. They were right. Heed the warning. <laughs> but is it like right when you turn 30? Honestly, or... <laughs> for me, yeah, it was kind of like a switch flipped and like just things that weren't a thing for me before started to become a thing. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And then I realized, oh, it's probably because I'm 30 now. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I'm weird and my, my, my being was like, well, you're 30. So now we have to, you know, pull a 180 and act like an old lady. But maybe for other people... They don't experience it right away. Well, great. That'll be nice to look forward to <laughs> when I <laughs> well, turn 30. I promise you'll have a great birthday. Um, <laughs> your birthday's in two days, July 20th. It's going to be fun. And I know we have some things planned in the upcoming weekend to celebrate your birthday. And in two weeks from now, or just a little over two weeks, we'll be celebrating your birthday even more at Crunchyroll Expo. Yes. I'm very much looking forward to that, especially... Since I get to see my favorite Japanese music group, Atarashigako, perform, and we see them live for the very first time. Um, but you know, going back to, I know I've kind of roasted me turning 30, but <laughs> you know, besides anticipating those physical ailments, uh, I do have a lot to be thankful for um, in my 30 years of existence. Of course, family, friends, uh, being with you, being Aww, with our, thank you. <laughs> our lazy dog who's just lying oh, on the ground right now. He is sleeping like such a mood. I'm going to take a picture and post it in the Discord. But yeah, there's, I, I, I'm very blessed to have witnessed 30 years of my life up until this point. And I just hope for many more fun chapters and adventures, especially with you know the Strictly series and, and our two podcasts. Well, I'm sure we're going to have a huge adventure at Crunchyroll Expo because, like you said, you get to see Itarashi Gakko for the first time. Um, we're going to San Jose for the first time. Mm -hmm. It's, it's going to be a good time. I think we mentioned before that we're hopefully going to post pictures and maybe some video in the Discord you know, during that weekend so that we can kind of share our experience with everybody. But it'll be fun to get you very drunk and do anime Excuse weedy things me. to celebrate your big 30th birthday. <laughs> I want to be of a clear mind at least when I watch Atarashigaku. Okay, before. I'll just make sure that you're drunk right before and right <laughs> after they're set. Yeah, we're going to have to find a, a local liquor, liquor store that sells soju, which is my drink of choice now. Is it? It's your drink of choice or like now? My, my, your con drink of choice? Yeah, con drink of choice along with Chuhai. Yeah, Ever you've since, been obsessed with Chuhai. You know, to, to preface this, uh, there's a YouTube channel uh, called Konbini Confessions, and it's hosted by this Japanese-American rapper named Miyachi. I don't think we've talked about this uh, before I, on the podcast. Yeah, I don't think so. But he, he goes around, I think, Tokyo in the evening where everyone's like drunk and plastered and asks them very strange interview questions. Kind of in the style of um, Eric Andre, like what do they call it? Like the the man on the street sort of interviews. I've I've never heard a term for it, but yeah, just 
like candid interviews yeah. with very odd or very inebriated people. Yeah. And while he's interviewing these people, Miyachi is also drinking from a can of Chuhai. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Chuhai is kind of like a a spritzy Japanese alcoholic beverage, similar, I would say, to hard seltzers here in the States, like White Claw or Truly. Um, and the Japanese grocery store that we go to, Mitsue, carries Chuhai, thankfully. And so I have made that my beverage of choice as well, alongside like soju um, for conventions and just social gatherings with friends. So yeah, hopefully we'll find a place that sells either soju or chuhai in San Jose. I'm sure we will, hopefully, because it wouldn't feel right going to an anime convention and not drinking an absurd amount of soju. <laughs> yes, but drink responsibly, listeners, <laughs> if you're of age. And we'll post the link to Kombini Confessions, their YouTube page, in the Discord, um, because it's fucking hilarious. Like, just mm-hmm. it, you need to watch it to understand what this guy is doing and what the these videos are like. But I I love it. I think they're coming out with their second season too, right? Yeah, he posted on his Instagram that a second season is coming soon. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Man, those those interviews are just just great. And we've mentioned the Discord a few times already. If you're not a member of the Discord, please come join us because we have a lot of great people in there and a lot of good discussion going on about anime, Star Wars, and more. Um, The link to join the Discord is in the description. I think we're at like 87 people in the Discord. So it's it's growing. It's getting there. It'd be cool to, to reach 100 members. So yeah, don't be shy. Come join us. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into our summer 2022 anime first impressions because we have quite a list of shows. I thought last season, spring, was a heavy amount of shows that we were watching, but I think summer's either rival, rivaling, ri- rivaling, <laughs> rivaling it, thank you, rivaling it, or maybe we have a couple more on the list than before. So let's go through these. Um, as always, in terms of format, You guys know every season we share our first impressions of the new anime that's coming out. We try to do it about three weeks or so into the season. That way we've got at least like one to three episodes of each of these shows under our belts. And we can get a good sense of how these shows are panning out and whether or not they're going to be promising. Because part of the whole reason that we do this is to recommend to you guys if you should watch a show or not. So we're going to go through... Um, the anime that we're watching, how many episodes there are, how many we've seen so far, because we're not always caught up on everything. We'll talk about um, things that we are currently watching from this season, things that are continuing from the previous season, all that good stuff. And if you want to hear our final thoughts on the season after it's finished, that's exclusive for our patrons. So we recently posted our spring 2022 end of season review on our Patreon. So of course, if you're interested in hearing our final thoughts every single season, be sure to head over to patreon.com slash strictly series. Spoiler alert, I'm I'm looking at at least the anime that I've watched with you or separately. I think we've only watched one episode of each so far. Well, what's interesting is that a lot of the shows started at the same time, but they really are only like one, maybe two episodes in. So we're not mm-hmm. far behind, um, but we may just be like an episode behind for some of these. But yeah, just to echo what you were saying before, this summer it feels fucking stacked. Especially and compared to last year. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't remember watching many anime over the summer of 2021. 
Uramichi Onisan is the only one that I remember. Uh, and then uh, <laughs> we dropped Kanojo Mo Kanojo, which I pretty sure came out in the summer too. I probably should have gone back to listen. So I might be incorrect on this, but I believe for our end of the year episode, so every year, or at least moving forward every year, we like to do a best and worst of anime that year uh, type of episode. And one of the things that we talk about is like the best season from that year and the worst season from that year. And I think, I think that summer 2021 was voted the worst season of 2021. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be hard this year just overall because there are a lot of great anime coming that have been coming out every season so far, some are included. There are a lot of big names that are airing this season, and then you have some that are coming up in the fall that are also highly anticipated. But yeah, for now, we'll be focusing on summer and offering our first impressions of it. So, well, it's definitely not the boring summer that we had last year. This is this is turning out to be um, very good, very very good. So, I'll start with anime that um, are continuing on from the previous season, and there's two that we're still watching. And honestly, we have not caught up yet. So, the first one is a couple of cuckoos. Um, we talked a little bit about this in our first impressions, I think from last season i don't think it had started yet wait you're right talked about it yeah that's right we did talk about it though in our spring 2022 end of season review um we (laughs) were only like two episodes in and it's not that we dislike this one it's just that we were so busy last season that we thought okay this is gonna have 24 episodes we're gonna have time to catch up um (laughs) but we haven't really taken advantage of that yet so it's one that i'm interested in i definitely want to watch it seems to be going pretty pretty well it seems pretty solid from the things that i've read about it so once we break past episode three um i'm sure we'll be able to share more thoughts around it but in the first two episodes i thought it was setting up for a really interesting premise and i am eager to continue watching and i believe the second series that we are still going through is how aptly named summertime rendering yup (laughs) (laughs) this episode or this episode this anime is really promising but again we're only two episodes in out of 25 i don't know where they're at currently i know they're well over halfway through um the series but i can't wait to watch more this was one of the most impressive anime that we started in spring 2022 so i we gotta buckle down we gotta commit and like keep watching summertime rendering because i i have to know what happens next the first two episodes were wild it's it's hard because again there's so many great shows that have been coming out this year and there's just so little time to get through them as much as we can which I guess is a, is a good problem. But yeah, summertime rendering, it's one that we'd like to sit down and really get in, invested in and involved in um, with like a binge watching, I think, rather than like that weekly sort of thing. Obviously, it's still going, it's airing weekly right now, but just, we, just having enough episodes for us to get really deep into the story and that because i remember like we left off on a really huge cliffhanger at least the first episode and i was like there's no way that we can continue to watch this show on a weekly basis without 
like wanting to know what's happening next. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, I, I'm a binge watcher, and so I never have a problem doing that. And I love a good mystery anime, whether it's a murder mystery or just some sort of mystery, like Made in Abyss, right? Like that's more of like an environmental mystery. I... I'm super interested in summertime rendering story. So yeah, at least we can, because we're so delayed, now we can make an excuse to binge watch it and not have to wait past all of these cliffhangers. Moving on to currently watching the stuff that is airing right now. Um, I'm just going to go in a random order here based on how I wrote these down. I think you also have a few shows that you started that I'm not watching. Is that right? Yeah, I picked up two that you are probably not watching okay do you want to talk about those in the beginning or save them for the end um i can go through them now okay just so we don't end on that low note on the low (laughs) because i know no i I know for sure that one of these you aren't watching and i'm just kind of watching out of obligation and that is Uh... yeah the second core of orient which is the Battle of Awaji Island arc. Uh, and I think I explained, this show started airing in the winter. And back during that First Impressions episode, I mentioned that I just wanted to find a, a mid-tier show or a, a mid-show to watch for this year. And I think Orient is is proudly taking that place and it's going to be my mid-tier pleasure for the summer. Um, again, I'm not watching it out of enjoyment, but just out of... Because you like to torture yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, just an obligation to just finish off this first season. And I'm still contemplating whether or not I would watch a second season if it's announced. Um, because I, I think, you know, we, we talk about a lot of shows that we are really into and we find really fascinating and great but sometimes you know just you need to go over to the other side and see how things are going and you know orient like everything that i think you could pull from shonen tropes is in this show there's nothing i feel that is very original about it um again the second core focus is on this huge battle that's about to happen between the bushi which are like the the samurai of this universe and this huge demon. Right? I could be talking about any shonen right now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so nothing that's like that sounds epic or exciting. But yeah, I, I was just gonna give this a chance, give it my rating. I'm not expecting much out of it. I honestly don't even remember what the fuck happened in this show. Cause I watched the first episode of the second core. I think yesterday. And as I was watching, like my everything in my head was like, oh, I remember. Okay, that's that character. Or, oh, that's what's going on. Like, I don't remember anything in the show because it's very forgettable. But I think the one thing that's interesting about this arc is that the antagonist is voiced by Tomokazu Sugita. Oh, shit. Let's go. (laughs) So I, I didn't pick it up at first, but then I looked up the cast list afterwards and I saw his name. Uh, So that's one thing that one light out of this pit of darkness that will keep me going through the show. Well, props to you because we we try our best not to drop anything, but I hated that show so much that I had to drop it after, I think I gave it three episodes. Mm-hmm. And then I dropped it, and then you said you are going to keep watching it, and I was like, hats off to you, man. I don't know. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a show that you can just turn your brain off and not really be invested in. So 
again i think i would like to get like a holistic sort of gathering of anime that i've watched so orient second core uh the second show that i'm watching is a little bit more interesting it's called chimimo and i just happened to find this on mail i think last night and just watched the first episode this show is kind of like uh pushing you know that like cartoony cat yeah if pushing met or was mixed with happy tree friends that really mature cartoon if you remember it kind of yeah i think it was on g4 uh or like pushing meets the woodland critters from south park oh god (laughs) that fucking episode of south park (laughs) Uh, and i think this is gonna be like kind of my i guess you could call it low stakes or comfort anime for the summer uh premise is that there is a a demon creature summoned from hell by these cutesy creatures that are called chimimorio uh and so like this demon wants to take over the world or whatever like make it hell on earth but then there are these three sisters who kind of stand or like unintentionally stand in his way as he learns to just navigate the true hell that is daily human life is it like a reverse isekai um a little bit i don't think it touts itself as a reverse isekai also um, what's the demographic for this show is yeah, it like a, a kid show because when you showed <laughs> me and i was yeah. like are you watching a no kid show? this <laughs> is this is definitely not a kid's show because it shows one of the sisters like drinking beer getting plastered and then she ends up vomiting on this demon at some point <laughs> and the word hell is of course used very gratuitously so even though this looks like 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 it has characters that you could put on your pencil box like stickers on your pencil case or purse or whatever it is it is mature content but it is it is a comedy so if you just want something like that where again you can kind of turn your brain off and just enjoy the the slapstick antics um i think this will be a good show for people to watch what was that one called again it's called chimimo okay and it's on high dive which i think is going to be a great marketing opportunity for them with the the chimimorial creatures because again they're drawn kind of in the style of like pushing or like sanrio so well i'm watching something that you're not watching um and that's it's actually is next on my list it's buchigire which i think the english title i'm just gonna look it up shine on bakumatsu bad boys and the premise is essentially that the Shinsengumi have been wiped out and this last member, the last remaining member of the Shinsengumi is recruiting criminals to take the place of the previous Shinsengumi members. And it's only one episode in and I can tell you, it's I, it's I, I'm getting kind of Orient vibes from it, but the animation is much better and the story seems a little more interesting. So I'm hopefully going to finish this one just to see how it pans out. But it's definitely not a strong anime for the season. It's it's mid. One episode <laughs> in, it's mid. I can tell you that right off the bat. But I feel like I could I could watch it. Yeah, I think we talked about this on one of our pre-shows for our patrons. And I'm looking at the visual, like the, one of the key visuals right now. And yeah, this looks like Orient. But it <laughs> looks better. Like visually, it's better. Orient had some mm-hmm. rough animation. This has like it's 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 got a unique animation style, and the animation is better. It's not top tier by any means, but it's like acceptable levels of animation. So I'm you know I'm watching it. It's made by Gino Studio that I'm really not familiar with, and they only have 
four, six anime listed here, and one of them is two of them are three of them are Golden Kamui. So I I know that's a, a very popular oh, series. They did Star Wars Visions, uh, one of the shorts. Oh, did they? Yeah, Lop and Ultra. I'm seeing here. Oh, that was about okay. furries. Oh, <laughs> or okay. A, or a furry <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> oh yeah, I see it here. I filtered by all. Okay, yeah, I do see it. Um, that one got a good score too. So I. I don't know. I don't know much about Geno Studio, but uh, yeah, they're they're working on this one. And like I said, it's it's I I really don't have much to say because it's only one episode in, and I would say the first episode set the groundwork pretty well for what the show is supposed to be about, but only took like the first half of the episode to do so. So the second half of the episode, they went on like their first mission, and I was like, this is moving kind of fast. So I'm 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 bracing myself for them to pack like a lot of content into a short series because I think it's only 12 episodes. I hope the pacing is going to turn out better than that. But with a show that's mid, like you you just kind of you got to brace yourselves for for anything. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be your orient for this season. But hopefully, I don't <laughs> drop it. I, I hate <laughs> dropping stuff, so I'm I'm hoping this one's entertaining enough for me to muster my way through all twelve episodes. But yeah, that's Buchigire. Next, we have The Devil Is a Part Timer season oh two. Hataraku Mao Sama is back. <laughs> I I'm so happy, honestly. I was very, very nervous going into season two because it has been nine, nine years. years since season one came out. And I don't know, lately there's been a couple of shows coming out where season twos have been not so great. Um, and so I'm like, please don't let that curse hit the devil as a part-timer. But I would say with this first episode, it's a very promising start to the season. Yeah, like what a great comeback. We had just watched the first episode prior to this recording. And, you know, I don't want to spoil anything that happens, but it, it does have a very short recap because, you know, it's it's been nearly 10 years since the first <laughs> season. But then it just throws you right back into the wacky world of what I'd like to call the Demon Duong Gang <laughs> for those for those listeners out there who were with us from the very start, uh, The Devil is a Part-Timer was one of the very first shows that we reviewed. Oh, God. It's probably yeah. so cringe. <laughs> if anything previous or anything um, earlier than our episode 20, I don't remember what we reviewed for episode 20. But it was The Great great pretender was it episode 20 that's where like our audio got significantly better oh, okay yeah anything pre-episode 20 is cringe fest but it's there. We're not, we're not going to delete it. We're going to keep it. <laughs> I know. Like that episode w was very significant for our podcast history because it's the first one where I started to write my own synopses for our episode by episode analysis. Uh, and it, those were pretty lengthy synopses. So hopefully when we re review season two for Devil is a Part-Timer, those synopses will be a lot shorter. But yeah, I was. this is one of the shows that I was also just very excited for uh, and in anticipation of watching. We didn't have long to wait because, of course, we we watched this two years ago compared to a lot of fans who've been waiting again, nine or ten, nine or ten years. And, yeah, I get it, just the humor, just it was there again. And the, the way that this episode played out felt very similar to something that we saw with the character Urushihara back in season one where you're expecting one thing to happen 
but it's something that's completely like from from left field and then you have a, a bombshell reveal at the end that kind of just it, it sets the stage for where these characters will have to go for the rest of the season yeah i completely agree with you i think the the humor hits the same way it did in season one and that's that's what i was holding my breath waiting for like when, when we started the episode i'm like please please let this feel the same i know it's been nine years but i want like at the root of it everything to feel the same as it did from season one because we are getting a new studio behind this and we are getting a new art style as well so mm -hmm. i'm like please just let this feel like the devil's a part-timer that we know and love and so far it does it is a very promising start to the season and i'm super excited to continue watching this it's probably going to be my one of my most anticipated anime um that we'll watch every single week i do want to say though the art style is in my opinion better than first season i the animation quality was a little wonky at certain points in the mm -hmm. first episode but the actual art style i think is an improvement only because it's closer to the manga art style and i actually prefer that art style over the season one anime art style that's just my personal opinion so i think for me it's like an added bonus to have the characters look the way they do now yeah the character designs do look slightly different i will admit it took me a while to kind of get used to it especially i feel like chiho chiho the large breasted <laughs> as i called her in our initial review um she looks slightly different from what i remember seeing her as in season one um but again it, it's it's a 4k 4k era now for <laughs> devil is a part-timer and so the lines are a lot cleaner the colors are a little bit more vibrant which is exciting um, yeah, to talk about the studio, it changed from White Fox in season one to Three Hertz for season two. Um, what has Three Hertz done? Wait, oh yeah, Studio Three Hertz. Let's yeah. see. They don't have much on their on their resume. They did Healer Girl, which I think was last season. Um, yeah, I'm skimming this, and I Flip Flappers. They did Flip Flappers. I, that's all that I recognize. Oh, Sword Art Online Alternative something. Mm -hmm. They've done some Sword Art shit. So nothing like really big name. Yeah. Which I'm surprised that they're the ones helming this, but you know, maybe we can we can give them a chance. But wait, no. who did? Sorry, who did? It was White Fox. You said did the first season. Yeah, White Fox. Damn. Okay, the White Fox has like re zero on here. Oh my God, Steins Gate! Holy shit! Yeah, mm. I wonder what happened. Why did it go to a smaller studio? Maybe they didn't have the bandwidth to do this. Yeah, Although, we've been <laughs> seeing this a nine lot. Years. <laughs> we've been seeing this a lot with anime recently. Is like a change in studio, which usually leads to a change in art style. Attack on Titan being a, a perfect example of that. Um, but yeah, I, it's it's great so far. I I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I can't wait to re review this in full. But that's the Devil is a Part Timer season two. One more thing is I'm I'm glad that they I think they got most of the voice cast back from the first season and I didn't realize that um, a lot of them are names that we are familiar with especially Chiho who is the same voice as Ruka from Rent a Girlfriend now Toyama and then you told me Urushihara is voiced by Hiro Shimano who does uh, Zenitsu from Demon Slayer so I'm glad that you know even though so much time has passed that these VAs had had the time on their schedule to to return to this this fantastic series 
And I think the OP is also sung by the original, uh, the person who sang the original OP from season one, Minami Kuribayashi. So <laughs> I don't know anything about that artist, but I just, the first OP from the first season, like the, the very first lines that she sings, we always joke, sound like, get out of here, juice guy. <laughs> juice guy. And it's not what they're saying. They're saying true sky or something else. But yeah, it, true sky. Yeah, yeah, it just sounds like get out of here, juice guy. So now, like, you know, several years later, whenever I hear it, I still think that that's what she's saying. I wish they could. I kept that first OP just, you know, out of nostalgia. But, you know, that's how it is with anime. Next up is one that I'm watching and you're not. It's Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. I think, okay, let me look here really quick here. I think there's only one episode out right now. So I'm caught up because I'm, I've am i watched one episode. And I picked this one up because I heard or read a lot of people buzzing about the manga um, when this anime adaptation was announced, saying it's a really good story. They're super excited for the adaptation. And the premise seems like it has some potential because I don't know how to describe it because it's, it's very unique, but essentially like there's a fucking hammer out in the universe that's going to destroy the earth. And so creatures from another world have come to earth to, I don't know, find humans that have potential to save the earth and stop this giant hammer. Sounds like Thor. <laughs> it's nothing like Thor. Uh, but the the creature that shows up to the main character, Amamiya's room, essentially, and recruits him is like a an alligator, a little crocodile, lizard. It's a, it's a lizard. I'm looking it up. And it's voiced by Kenjiro Suda. Oh, you told me about it. Yeah, <laughs> so it's your, it's your boy. Um, and he does a pretty good job. But so the premise was what drew me in along with the buzz. However, I will say that the animation and production quality is not looking too good. There, there are times where the animation actually looks blurry like it almost wasn't rendered in like 4K or HD. And I'm like, am I missing something? Am I going blind? Like, why does this look so blurry? Plus there's really weird pacing. There's stilted animation at times. Um, there's like a moment where the this girl punches an enemy and it's like a, like a very wet punch, but it's enough to be a one hit KO. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like something about this just isn't coming together in the first episode. And so I went back to like Reddit and Discord um, to see what the manga readers were saying. And people were saying similarly that this adaptation does not seem like it's panning out based on this first episode. And people are saying that they are disappointed because the story is so fucking good um, that this deserves a better adaptation. Again, we're only in episode one. Fingers crossed things get better. I am very intrigued by the story and by the characters, so I could see myself finishing this one out, but it would be very, very helpful if the production quality improved in the next few episodes. And it's not like I'm trying to say the animation needs to be like spy family level, but there's something about this animation that is just not right. So if you're looking to pick this one up, just be ready for your eyes to be a bit confused like mine. I'm looking at the mail score right now for Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammered sitting at 6.33. So not, yeah. a, not a great score coming out of the gate. And I remember reading the premise for this and deciding like what shows that I wanted to watch. And I was just so confused because I'm reading it, the synopsis on mail right now. But your your explanation is a lot clearer than 
what this Mallory Wright says. That was my best attempt at explaining this very unique premise based off of one episode. And I feel like I got a decently accurate. Again, it's a lot better than what I'm reading here. <laughs> it's just throwing the lizard's name out there and then all these other terms. Uh, like the one thing that would draw me into consider watch considering watching the show is, of course, Kenji Osuda voicing the, the lizard king. Or was it the, the lizard beast? Lizard, the lizard thing. Lizard I don't even Beast know its Knight, name. Yeah, or, sure. <laughs> no, what? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I also see that the uh, Amamiya is voiced by Junya Enoki, who yeah. is Itadori from Jujutsu Kaisen. So two big names in the voice acting industry right there. But yeah, the, the premise I don't think isn't enough for me to, to want to invest my time in. I don't know. I'll, I'll wait until you get further into it and see what you think. Well, fun fact, as I'm talking and, and kind of complaining about the animation, it is produced by Studio Nas, N-A-Z, Nas. And guess what they worked on? I am pulling it up. Oh, my sister, my writer. Yup, which is <laughs> one of the most notorious anime for one of the worst animation or worse anime adaptations because the animation was was so shitty. I mean, like it was bad. <laughs> and it was out, so bad. Shout out to Otaku Melancholy for letting us watch that that beautiful show. <laughs> yeah, letting us uh, watch it and come on their show to talk all about it, mostly roasting it. That that was an experience for sure. Uh, but yeah, so if you're familiar with my sister, my writer, and how terrible that animation is, it's the same studio Wait, that's they, working on this. They also did. Sabakui Bisco? So, okay, that I was looking at that too. So Sabakui Bisco was just listed as Studio Oz, which is, that anime was their first anime ever because they're a newly formed um, studio. And there, there's some pretty heavy hitters in the anime industry that came together to form Studio Oz. But I don't know if you remember me talking about this show. There were times like halfway through where the animation just like dipped. The quality dipped, and I'm wondering if they <laughs> okay. brought on Studio Nas to help with maybe some like the production issues, um, to maybe try to get some of these episodes done in time. But I'm also wondering, like, why would you pick Studio Nas oh, of all studios I, for animation? Now, now I have a theory that Studio Oz was just like a a shell company, shell studio <laughs> for Studio Nas because they knew. They probably had a terrible reputation, and so to market Sabakui Bisco because it's an original work, right? They wanted to associate it with a name that didn't have that kind of connotation. But now that you, you're saying these names out loud, Nas, Oz, maybe <laughs> I, I could see it because I don't know something about this animation is just—it's just weird. Okay, well. But if anyone does know, I we should we can look into it. But if anyone does know what's going on with Studio Oz and Studio Nas, please reach out. Let us know because I it's a it's a head scratcher. But either way, I I I hope the animation gets better because I am intrigued by Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. Do I feel like it will actually get better? No, not after experiencing My Sister My Writer. But one can hope. Moving on, we have. Rent-A-Girlfriend Season 2, boy, which you oh caught up on just in time to start the second season. Yeah, this was one of two shows that you had forced me to, to catch up on. I, I strongly <laughs> suggested. Yeah, I was like, you won't be disappointed. Yeah, that's a, 
a nicer way to put it. But um, it wasn't as much of a, a dumpster fire as you were making out to be. So I never, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a dumpster or maybe fire, guilty... but other, other people have said that it's a dumpster mm. fire. It definitely has some like trashy anime moments, but it's nothing like a domestic girlfriend, right? Like the, this is a solid show and I loved season one. And I was so excited to talk about season two. So I was like, you should watch season one and catch up. Yeah, this is another show where a lot of our longtime listeners might remember Courtney's solo review. Of oh, my God. One. It's so cringe. <laughs> I actually, no, I actually listened back to it after watching uh, the first season. Um, and, you know, I found myself agreeing with some of the points that you were making. Okay, um, good. I, at least I wasn't talking out of my ass. Especially... <laughs> The one you were asking who my best girl was for the show, and I'll just say it here, although you mentioned it in last week's episode on Shield Hero with uh, Ash from Simping for Senpai, my best girl for Grant a Girlfriend is Chizuru, of course. Hell yeah. <laughs> Team Chizuru. Dude, she's, she's fucking amazing. The yeah. other girls can't even compare. Okay, she, They're great, but they, they can't compare. She's she on another works, level. She works hard for the money. She does. So... She's very professional. Okay. Yes, and so I, I'm very excited to to get to watch uh, season two and seeing where Chizuru goes from where she is currently in her life, while Kazuya still is a fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two episodes out of Rent a Girlfriend season two, and we are caught up. Oh yeah, this one we we're actually caught up. On yeah, two episodes. And I would say the first episode of the season didn't quite hit the way i expected i i started getting like hot or hot sweats hot flashes and i'm like "Uh oh it's it's happening we're, we're getting another anime where the second season is not gonna pan out to be anything as good as the first season i don't know why this keeps happening recently but a lot of second seasons have been disappointments lately but with the second episode of rent a girlfriend season two i felt like that was true rent a girlfriend vibes that that gave me much more hope i feel better after episode two i'm like this is the show that i remember and i loved from season one and i hope they keep that same energy going throughout the rest of the season see i i liked the first episode i know it had a weird sort of recap in the beginning uh, that felt a little bit like a like a game show. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you got those same vibes, but you know, it, it was again establishing where Chizuru is currently in her life, and then Kazuya trying to deal with his his feelings with uh, his feelings for Chizuru as well as uh, where he stands in in their sort of relationship, and then things don't really pan out the way that Chizuru had hoped for, but it's. Kazuya who steps up as the good guy um, to show that even though he's fucking stupid, he, he still has her back. So that's what I appreciated from the first episode of then. You know, the second episode, he'll like it. It's any other episode of Rent a Girlfriend, but just further expanding on their quote unquote relationship. I I don't know. I'm just excited. I'm excited for the second season. I don't know where like the story goes from here like where where it can go so there's a lot of potential here for me like usually at the end of a season you kind of can predict where the story is going to lead in the following season here it's like i have no fucking idea especially with the cliffhanger ending that we got in season one what a that was a dick to <laughs> <laughs> you, you watched it with me 
And I specifically waited for you to get to that moment. And then I was like, let me show up. (laughs) Let me rock up here and watch this moment with you. Yeah. Well, there's, there's technically two endings, right? Yes, but we don't want to spoil anything. (laughs) So, (laughs) and yeah, that, that, and well, like just the ending as a whole just rocked my world. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) I Uh, felt the same way. I was, I was watching you more than I was watching the screen. I'm like, I want to see his reaction. (laughs) So yeah, I'm also curious to see where season two is going to go next for these characters. I just want to say, I hope that we see less of mommy because we don't need her in our lives. We don't <laughs> We don't need that that bad juju in our rent-a-girlfriend lives. I have a feeling she's not going away anytime uh, soon. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it's, it's the harem, right? They all have to have their equal share of screen time. Yup. <laughs> Especially, well, with, with, is it Sumi? Yeah, Sumi. The, Hopefully we'll hair. get more about her. Because mm-hmm. we only got a little bit of her story, I think, in the, at the tail end of season one, like two episodes. So hopefully... Like I would say that she's probably third in my ranking of the girls on Rent a Girlfriend, uh, but hopefully yeah, we get to learn more about her. One hugely disappointing thing, though, about Rent a Girlfriend season two, is that the OP doesn't slap as hard as Peggy's centimeter. Yeah, it does not. It just doesn't. I I compare the dance sequence from season one OP to this dance sequence in season two, and it's just. Like the energy is not there. It's very slow. It's very like contained. And I'm like, wait, why? Where's the cutesy, fun, energetic where's dancing? Where's the pizzazz? Yeah, <laughs> from the season one OP. So that that is a disappointment. Um, it's still a cute dance, but it's nothing like the one from the the first OP. So moving on from Rent a Girlfriend season two, we are now talking about the Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. We are not caught up on this one, by the way. It's uh, it's two episodes in, and we have seen one episode, but I thought it was a really good episode. I thought it was a, a good introduction to this show. You know, I was looking forward to the Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting because I thought it was going to be along the lines of Way of the House Husband, you know, two shows that are about these members of the Yakuza who are put in like fish out of water. Or Very I guess, like domesticated situations. Yeah, especially with this one, it's it's more fish out of water for uh, Kirishima. I believe that's the main protagonist. Um, he's he's tasked with babysitting his boss's daughter because I think the bo- like the yakuza boss thinks he's acting out of line and just needs to to simmer down a bit. Uh, so I thought there was going to be a lot of comedy in there, but watching this first episode, it was good but it felt more slice of life than comedy for me. Yeah, it is way more wholesome than I expected. Like I'm getting mad wholesome vibes from it, which is great. I think that's fantastic, but I also kind of want some of the like some of the drama that could come with this being set in like the middle of a yakuza group where a child is introduced and that's very foreign for them. I I feel like maybe at some point they'll introduce some some dramatic pieces like that, but I'm hoping it's not just pure fluff. Like I I was really intrigued by this because you're blending cute things with things that are a little rough around the edges mm-hmm. and I'm hoping we get a little bit more of that. But again, for the first episode of a brand new series, I think it still is very promising. I think what I was expecting from this first episode, not to delve into too many details, but with Kirishima um, having to take on this babysitting role, I felt like there would have been so 
much more conflict, I guess, if he ended up sort of putting up more of a fuss about this new task or butting heads with the child that he has to babysit. But the episode kind of just glosses over that for the wholesomeness that it wants to convey. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of wish they didn't jump so quickly into the babysitting. Like, to your point, I, I kind of wish there was more pushback um, and more of, like, butting heads between Kirishima and his boss. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they just kind of jumped right into things pretty quickly. Yeah, I guess I was hoping f- more for, like, a... You remember that Adam Sandler movie, Big Daddy? Yeah. Like, that sort of relationship between... Krishma and I think her name's Yaika, the, the the child. But yeah, it, it seems like with this show, it's going to just veer more towards that wholesome slice of life sort of plot line. Um, so I don't, I might, st- I might stick with the show to the end. I don't know. Right now I'm teetering on giving it that, that three episode watch, but hopefully like it, the, the next couple of episodes will, will turn the tides for me. Yeah, I'm still looking forward to this one. And I think, you know, if it's going to go down the wholesome route, anybody who enjoys a wholesome slice of life comedy um, that has a unique twist or some sort of like shtick to it, then you'll probably like this show based on what we've seen so far. But yeah, that's the Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. So now on to, I hope I pronounced this correctly, Licorice Recoil. I think that's how you say it. Licorice? Licorice Yeah, I think it sounds like the word licorice from what they were saying on the show. Well, if I read the katakana, it's it's rikorisu. Yeah. It's a licorice. licorice. Like, kind of like licorice, well, I guess. I, I don't know, man. Maybe we, we have to wait for the dub so they can tell us how to correctly pronounce it. I keep saying licorice, so I'm going to stick with that just because it feels comfortable. But if I am saying it incorrectly, someone please let me know. We are one episode in, and I believe there are two episodes out right now. Mm-hmm. And I will say, again, without spoiling anything... This was one of the most what-the-fuck first two minutes of an anime I've seen in a long time. (laughs) It was like I I did not expect any of the things that were happening in those first few minutes. And the way they happened, they made it seem just so natural. Like it was nothing. And I'm sitting here. I actually turned to you and I said, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it it felt like like Code Geass for a moment because of how disjointed that opening was <laughs> <laughs> but, but disjointed in a in like an interesting way no yeah like it was very well done mm-hmm. uh because it, it it does take place in japan but then you have these these agents i guess licorice agents licorice. Who <laughs> are dispatched for certain things without spoiling too much of it uh i know you kind of compared this show to like being in the cute girls doing cute things genre i i like to call it cute girls doing shoot Yeah, that's what I thought it was. I thought it was cute girls doing cute things because the synopsis is super short and tells you nothing. I'm going to read it out right now from Mal. A Japanese cafe in Tokyo serving delicious coffee, super sweet treats, and more. From making local deliveries to chaperoning to getting rid of zombies and even fighting a giant monster. Whatever the problem, (laughs) stop by for a consultation. No matter the order, leave it to us. 
that tells us no. I mean, it tells us some stuff, but really tells us nothing. And then the teaser, the 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 PV for this is a still image. It's just a uh, a piece of official art where the camera just pans over the art. So literally, we had nothing, nothing to go off of for this anime. But I was like, you know what? I'll I'll give it a shot because I sometimes like to watch cute girls doing cute things. But let me tell you. This is more like cute girls doing badass things. Mm. I I think this is a really cool mix of like really cute pieces mixed with hard edge pieces. <laughs> and I'm here for it. I think it's a it's a fun mashup and so far it seems promising. The animation is solid, the voice acting is really good, the dynamic between the two main characters is really funny. And the premise is um, one that I could get behind uh, because it seems like there's going to be some adventure of the week elements, but there is still this overarching plot that they're setting up in this first episode. It looks like our Wikipedia is saying that this is a mixed media project. So this is an original work right now. Is it, a, is it from a video game? Is that why? Um, I'm seeing the manga and light novel are coming out in September no mention of a video game because usually when it when it says mixed media it's usually from like a mobile game or like a video mm -hmm. game no i don't see that here at all i so could see this being a video game <laughs> i can kind of see this as like like this anime is just opening up this world it, it, it sounds like a kind of like john wick in its premise yeah you know i mean like with this cafe kind of being synonymous with the the intercontinental and all of this all this secret espionage stuff going on, uh, but yeah, I as much as like the the first episode was like what what the hell is going on? It is very intriguing. I, I'd like to kind of compare it to like with the the two main characters. Uh, I think it's Takina and Chisato. They have this sort of buddy cop dynamic between them, and it also reminds me of. Uh, this OVA I just watched, uh, Gunsmith Cats, on the recommendation of our friend Aaron from Under the Bun. Um, kind of that style. That, that too was like cute girls doing cute things because it's two main character, two female characters, who who kind of run a similar sort of agency, and kind of just take these serious situations and treat them with a little bit of frivolity. But yeah, I'm looking forward to what these two characters are up to, especially. Again, I thought this was all about um, 007, John Wick style of like doing hitman stuff or hit woman stuff. <laughs> uh, but what, reading the synopsis about getting rid of zombies and fighting a giant monster, like what are you to expect from this show at all? I think that's what's exciting about it is we, we don't know. Maybe they purposely kept everything under wraps so that this anime would hit in a way that was unexpected which is what happened in those first few minutes um so yeah i'm, I'm excited to keep watching this one but that's licorice 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 recoil and moving from that we're gonna jump into made in abyss season two because like rent a girlfriend you caught up on this one and watched season one and the movie yes right in the nick of time i finished this one earlier this week uh yeah i had to just go through two sittings of that movie or like split the movie into two sittings because it's it's a pretty lengthy movie uh and i didn't realize like it's sort of like uh demon slayer mugen train where you had to watch the movie in order to in order to continue 
the story properly. The movie is canon. Yes. It's fucking amazing. And I am glad that unlike Demon Slayer, Made in Abyss Season 2 doesn't start off as a rehashing of the movie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It just, it takes you right into where the, the rest of the story goes. But it's interesting because the first episode that we watched, again, I want to delve into details. It kind of felt like Attack on Titan, the final season, part one, because there, there's a slightly new setting and a new set of characters, but then it kind of fluidly transitions to what you expect from Maiden Abyss. There are two episodes out, and we are caught up, and it's it's made an abyss it's it's starting off really strong i actually think it's starting off faster than the first season did one of the things that um, i think we both agree on with the first season and i'm sure we'll talk about this more in depth on the podcast it's that the first half of made an abyss season one feels slow not Mm -hmm. like terribly slow but i think it's intentionally slow to kind of build up this world build up this mystery get you familiar with the characters before it punches you in the face with what this show is known for, which is some pretty intense things. And that makes sense. Like, you wouldn't want to come out super strong, like, come out of the gate super strong right off the bat. Here in season two, because we've already been through season one and a movie, it's not like they're going crazy with it, but they're certainly not holding back. Like, it is it is the same level of intensity that Made in Abyss season one and the movie had. They're just continuing that. And it, it feels... It feels right and it feels good and it feels like they're moving at a very good pace in these first two episodes. And the best part is what you you alluded to or you you talked about is that this takes place, season two starts immediately after the movie, like immediately. So you don't miss anything. Sometimes when you jump between seasons and there's this bit of a time skip, you kind of, at least I, I feel a bit bummed out that I didn't get to see something happen, that there's a piece of the story that I missed because they jumped ahead a little bit. But with the second season, that's not the case. So I very much appreciate that. But yeah, it's it's turning out to be a very strong start to season two. Yeah, and I'll be a bit honest. I'm I'm not like super super excited about watching the show. I know like people have been anticipating it because what season one came out, I think, twenty seventeen, and the movie came out twenty twenty. Uh, so season two has been a long time coming. Uh, I don't know if it's just because I'm not very into like the the fantasy genre, which I think this this show kind of falls into. Although it's also action adventure, which I I do enjoy. Uh, I think it also it's like with the the two or now it's three uh, main characters: Rico, Reg, and Nanachi. Like they're young characters who are just put in these really fucked up situations and. I feel like that's what the show wants to constantly throw at you, which, yeah, it can be very shocking at points, but I'm just hoping it's not like it's going to be that sort of same cycle over and over again, especially with season two. But I think what's kind of drawing me in with Made in Abyss is it's kind of similar to Attack on Titan is just unraveling the, the mysteries of the abyss. And especially with what this season is trying to establish where um, it's, kind of delving into the the sort of origin of this world uh, it gives you a better view of what's going on and hopefully it leads to 
a very impactful c- climax or conclusion if they ever reach the bottom of the abyss. <laughs> yeah, we'll see where the story goes. And I, I think I kind of prepared you going into this show by saying it's a very mature story told through the eyes of children who are not mature because they haven't Mm -hmm. had life experiences yet. So it's like all of these unexpected, very brand new things that they go through and you as the viewer experience it alongside them. Uh, I I, I love Made in Abyss and I'm very glad that season two is shaping up to be probably a powerhouse of summer 2022 so if you haven't seen made in abyss and you've been thinking about it highly recommend it i know you especially loved episode one especially towards the end the, the one scene. oh my god that was and that's that like maybe, solidified it for me that was fucking amazing yeah maybe that will sell the show for people who aren't are are still thinking about it if you if just, they have the same same kind yeah. of humor as i do then <laughs> probably if you just watch that scene out of context Maybe that'll interest you in watching Made in Abyss. (laughs) Well, moving from a really good anime to what might be the shittiest thing on my list, it's Shoot Gold... I can't even say it. Shoot Gold to the Future. I'll be fucking honest. The only reason I'm watching this sports anime is because one of the main characters is voiced by my favorite Uh, voice actor, Yu Ichiro Umehara, and I have to support him. I I have no interest in this at all, but then I saw the cast list and I'm like, well, fuck, I guess I'm watching this one. And to give you context around how bad it's turning out, um, I am caught up with uh, two episodes in it's sitting at a lovely 5.27 on Mal. It is one of the worst rated shows so far on Mal. And I always take early ratings or really any ratings before the show finishes with a grain of salt. They're helpful because you kind of get a context around whether a show's worth it or not to, to invest your time in, but it will change over time. But I mean, it, it it went straight to fives, like with the first episode, and it's staying in the fives with the second episode, and I'm not surprised. If there's one thing I can say to describe this show, it's angsty as fuck. Like, really angsty. Like, first episode, right away, everyone's just pissed off. Everyone's angry. Everyone's fighting with each other. Everyone's screaming. Well, they're and athletes, like, right? They yeah, release their testosterone. <laughs> they're like fucking moody high schoolers. And I'm like, can we chill for two seconds? I mean, literally every character except for one is like fucking moody. <laughs> and then on top of that, which this was a big red flag for me, is that even in the first episode, right? Like where there's no previous context or, or previous uh, episodes to go off of. In the first episode they were showing flashbacks of things that happened earlier in the episode. And to me, that's like, okay, they're trying to fill their time by re-showing us things that we just watched 10 minutes ago. So that also happens in episode two. Um, I mean, it's about soccer. So I guess if you like soccer, maybe give this one a chance, but just be ready for a lot of moody guys. I'm reading the synopsis right now where it says... Matsushikami is a former captain at Kakagawa High School and the world-renowned courageous captain for a famous Italian soccer team. Yeah, I, I don't know about the story, but, <laughs> but like this came. This is a, I think, technically a sequel to 
a movie that's called Blue Legend Shoot that came out in 1994. Oh. So I think this is like what happened several years later, I think. <laughs> so I just decided to pick this up over 20, 20 years later. 30, I guess 20, so, 30, and continue the later. story, <laughs> although I'm sure nobody asked for this. One one cool thing that I do appreciate, though, because the original story or the, the previous story uh, was from the 90s and the art style was very different, Anytime that they reference the first movie, like they'll talk about, oh, the the previous team that played at our high school, the legendary team. Anytime that they reference what happened in, in the movie from 94, they draw everybody in that art style from that decade. So it's it's cool watching these these flashbacks pop, pop up on screen where the characters look like they are straight out of a, a 90s um, anime. And then you go back to like, you know, current day art style and all the angsty boys. It looks like it was a an anime television series, uh, 58 episode series. And then the, the movie was like 25 minutes. Wait, where the fuck? Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Holy shit. I'm, I'm going back further. Yes. Blue Legend Shoot aired in 1993 to 94. Yes. And then the movie came out in 94 after that. But just, it just makes it interesting that they would want to do like a sequel to this this series like i don't know if if shoot uh what was it called the blue legend shoot if it was a really popular series back then or has like a following but then you have these mouse scores or maybe it's just like the fans who didn't think this sequel was what they expected you know what i mean like this is kind of just Feels like it came out of nowhere. Yeah, and I think whoever's working on it probably thought the same because it's Magic Bus and EMT Squared. Magic Bus. I have not heard of either of them. But oh, the Magic Squared. Okay, it looks like Magic oh, Bus has done a lot of erotic shit because there's, there's a lot of hot and heavy uh, images <laughs> I'm seeing I was about here. <laughs> to say, they also did How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom. Oh, really? Yeah, which I watched the first season and I, I, I enjoyed, but... Yeah, it looks like everything else, like you said, is, is hot and it's steamy. It's like hentai, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, one other thing that I wanted to say about Shoot Goal to the Future is that I probably will finish it because despite me bashing it for everyone, for all the characters being super angsty, I fucking love male Sundays. So as much as I think it's over the top, I'm also like, this is fine because I'm happy to watch an entire show full of male Sundays and them being angry with each other. So it's it's not a, it's not a huge problem for me, but I'm warning that other people. That sounds awful. No, it's great. To listen to dude, male dude, Sundere boys are the best. They're they're my favorite type of anime character, and this whole show is like 99% Sundere boys. So I'm just saying it for anyone else who's not into those types of characters. That's literally all you're gonna get from this show. But you know, it's fine. It's it, maybe they made it just for me. I'm thinking of that. There's that meme where it shows like one bus that's filled with all the kudere's, and then the other bus that's filled with all the the sundere's that people are familiar with in anime, and the su the sundere's are all just screaming at each other. <laughs> that's what this show. I would be I on that side of the bus. Like. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's shoot goal to the future. We're now gonna move on to what is essentially the dumpster fire of the season. And I've seen several different ways that this is translated or localized. <laughs> Let me go to Mal so I can get the, I guess, official one. My stepmom's daughter is my ex. My. Or my an alternative title, my stepsister is my ex-girlfriend. 
Okay. Which I think is the more appropriate localized title because the the one they're using is very convoluted. My stepmom's daughter is my ex. Like, just say yeah, it's your stepsister. Yeah, you could just say stepsister directly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. What they're, are you doing, step bro? They're two episodes in, and we've watched one episode. And I'll say I didn't know what to expect. Right off the bat, I am kind of getting domestic girlfriend vibes, but also girlfriend girlfriend vibes, Kanojo Mo Kanojo, which we dropped. Um, however, it does seem slightly less trashy than domestic girlfriend and slightly more entertaining than girlfriend girlfriend. Really? I just thought there was so much passive aggressiveness in in the first episode. and I think it's intentional, though, because yeah, they're exes. I mean, yeah, but I was like... I was also thinking, is this what the whole series is going to be like, us having to listen to this? It's passive aggression, the anime. <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I didn't think this was a, a dumpster fire, but I, maybe it's just because people use that like step-sibling relationship as a sort of cop-out for, for other things you can explore. I agree Especially with you. Especially like in porn. <laughs> I agree with you. I don't think it's giving me as... Like, it's not really giving me dumpster fire vibes just off of episode one. But hey, there's plenty more episodes oh, to yeah. go. Just Who knows? Wait, right? I mean, I think it's got the premise and, and the potential to become a dumpster fire. But episode one was entertaining. I, I found it interesting. Like, I think that it's not... it. it how do I describe this? Like, it, it wasn't the immediate like alarm bells going off when I started watching Girlfriend, Girlfriend. Here, it's like, okay... Mm -hmm. I can see this being good if they're very careful about how they craft and deliver the story. Yeah, maybe I haven't watched um, Domestic Girlfriend, but this is probably an in-between between Kanajo Mo Kanajo and Domestic Girlfriend. Would, would you agree? Yes. I, I, know, I, um... I already think it's better than <laughs> Kanajo Mo Kanajo, so that's, that's something. Yeah, and I know that uh, there have been people... Or some of our listeners have been pushing me to watch uh, Domestic Girlfriend. Um, here's to you, Hernstrom. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'll use this show as a sort of stepping stone to that next level of watching Domestic Girlfriend. To that next level of dumpster fire. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. I'm just surprised. You know, this is project number nine's next project after love after world domination because i think they're working on on this series um and dialogue plus i think is doing the op they did the op for uh bottom tier character tomozaki which i think was also a project number nine series um so as soon as i heard that op like i i knew right away that it was dialogue plus so that was a plus no pun intended. <laughs> well, there you go. That's my stepmom's daughter is my ex. We'll see where that one goes. And next up we have, when will Ayumu make his move? I'm watching this, but you're not. It has how many episodes? I think only one out right now. Oh, no, two episodes out right now. And I've seen one episode so far. I picked this one up because it kind of feels like teasing master Takagi-san but with the roles reversed so like the boy likes the girl and kind of not like super heavy but does kind of tease her and 
get her all flustered and stuff. Um, and the whole premise is that he doesn't want to confess his feelings for her until he beats her in a game of shogi because they're both in the shogi club together. They're the only two, as of episode one, in the shogi club. Shogi is that game with the tiles? Yes, and that's probably the best way that I could explain it because I know <laughs> nothing about shogi. Oh, I'm thinking of uh, Gungi from Hunter Hunter. Oh, that too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember you were talking about this show because I told you that the female character looks like Takagi-san. Yeah, everyone's saying that too. Just purple hair. Actually, both of the characters look like Takagi and Nishikata from Takagi-san. Like she has big forehead energy like Takagi-san. And then the guy, Ayumu, basically has very similar hair to um, fucking Nishikata. So... Maybe that's what drew me to it. Maybe it was a teasing aspect. It's an alternate aspect. universe. I, I do. I found ever since I watched Nagatoro, I've realized that I enjoy teasing anime, which is why I'm watching Teasing Master Takagi-san, and which is why I watched Uzaki-chan Wants to Hang Out, even though I fucking hated that one. And that's why I picked up this one, When Will Ayumu Make His Move? So maybe that's just another genre of anime that I'm really into, teasing anime. But like, decently wholesome stuff. I know uh, Nagatoro wasn't 100% wholesome. It was actually pretty lewd at times. But, you know, just the teasing stuff where there's a, like a means to an end, right? Like there's at least a, a relationship that's developing through the show. I think this will be exactly that. And that's why I picked it up. And so far I'm enjoying it. The, the first episode was, um, it didn't blow me away, but it was a, a solid start to the season. And I think I'll, I'll end up watching this all the way through. And last up for what's currently airing and we're currently watching it is Call of the Night, which was um, one of the most anticipated anime for the season because of how popular the manga was. Or is? Is it still ongoing? Uh, that's a good question. Let's see. The manga is still publishing. So yeah, still ongoing. Um, but there are... Is our... There are two episodes. Are two episodes, thank out. you. And we have seen one episode so far. And I have to say, this was not what I was expecting at all. I thought the show was going to be really like dark and dramatic and moody, but it's a fucking vibe. It's such a fucking vibe. Like, I, I didn't expect them to go this direction just based off of what I know about the manga and like, like out of context panels that I've seen. It's just, it's a fucking vibe. Do you not get that feeling? <laughs> not really. With this you don't? Show. Oh my no. God, it's such a vibe. <laughs> I don't know why. I, like, I, I was drawn by the the opening scene where it's the, like, a, a nice neon lit Japanese city skyline. I don't know if it's, it's Tokyo. I don't remember what, if they even mentioned this setting. Uh, but yeah, I think this is a show that I, I just have to kind of, warm up to a little bit more. Um, I know Gigak talked about the manga in one of his YouTube videos and had very good things to say about it. Uh, premise is interesting. I think this show is going to appeal to a lot of the insomniacs out there, of course. <laughs> um, I just, I don't know what the, the protagonist sort of, like what does he want to get out of this? I think that's what I'm, I'm trying to wrestle with. I think what they're setting up is that the protagonist just doesn't connect with people. 
And that's why he enjoys the nighttime because there's no one around. He can be mm. in like this sort of solitude. He can be alone and just kind of enjoy himself without societal pressures. And then he meets this vampire who can only probably exist in the nighttime. And it seems like it's going to be a situation where she opens up his world and kind of gives him experiences that can only be experienced Whoa. during the nighttime. I don't know. A lot know. of experiences that can be experienced <laughs> in the nighttime. Yeah, well, I mean, the way the first episode went, I think I think <laughs> that Call of the Night is going to give us waifu of the season, or at least oh, a contender yeah. for waifu of the season. Whether or not I agree with that, we'll, we'll have to see. But I think they're very much setting up some waifu material here. Although she kind of just reminds me of like the the vampire version of Tolga from My Hero. She does look like that, but she has Chizuru from Rent a Girlfriend's voice actress. That's right. So it's almost like she's competing against herself for best waifu of the season. She's <laughs> Chizuru and she's Nazuna Nanakusa. Yeah, Nazuna. Is that her last name? Nazuna Nanak is her first name. Or Nanakusa is her last name. It reminds me of that Michael Jackson, Nanase, Nasa, Nanakusa. <laughs> Actually, maybe that was where the inspiration <laughs> came from. But the reason I say this is a vibe is because of multiple multiple factors kind of playing well with each other, which is the soundtrack and the OP and the ED are like kind of rooted in hip hop and that's already a vibe in and of itself. But then on top of that, the character designs are really chill. The environments and the cityscapes are very well done and almost highlighted in this first episode because, mm -hmm. I mean, really the characters aren't doing much other than talking right there's nothing much going on but dialogue being exchanged so instead of focusing on the characters as they're talking they kind of pan out and you get to see the cool environments that they've created the really awesome color palettes that accentuate the fact that this is nighttime but do it in a way that's really pleasing to the eye so yeah i'm just i'm really enjoying it so far just based off of the first episode story-wise i I want to see where it goes. I think it could mm -hmm. touch on some really deep themes, but in a lighthearted, vibey kind of way. But we'll have to see. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way with the story. Just uh, for me, it's, it's getting sold on this dynamic between uh, Nazuna and I think it's Yamori, who's the male protagonist. Uh, although, you know, I, I I'm kind of a night owl. And I, I find the, again, the aesthetic of the show very interesting that it it seems like it might take place exclusively or for a majority of the series at night, um, which I think is kind of unique for what I've been watching in anime because, you know, it's always been day and night. But visuals wise, the, the way that they've they've created these nightscapes is is just alluring and fascinating to look at. So I, I will credit them for doing that and i think it's a uh, leiden films who is helming the animation for this um leiden films being of tokyo revengers fame and deji meets girl frame deji meets girl fame so yeah like this one i'll i'll see if i'm sold after watching the series because i think this is one that we will eventually review um towards the end of the season so now moving on to either upcoming anime that haven't aired yet or upcoming because they have started airing, we just haven't started watching them yet. First and foremost, we have JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 Stone Ocean Part 
2, which is mm-hmm. airing September 1st, 2022. So technically it is a summer 2022 anime. It's just skirting in at the end, the tail end of the season because Netflix does what they do. They fucking suck. We we yes, we we've talked about that plenty on Strictly JoJo and uh we won't beat a dead horse uh on this episode but if you want to hear more about that of course jump over to our other podcast strictly jojo we will certainly be reviewing this um weekly when it airs in september so look forward to that stone ocean review series but i'm hype as fuck i'm so hype i think it's going to be another 12 episode batch so we're going to get a good chunk of the story but i can imagine they won't finish the story in those 12 episodes so there's got to be more coming after that yeah, I think the the trailer for part two released the weekend of Anime Expo, which was over Fourth of July, and like that just got me hype all over again for Stone Ocean. And then the feeling came in of, oh wait, this is being released by Netflix. And then the dread also set in. But I, I'm still going to be optimistic, of course, in terms of seeing more of Jolene's story unfold and yeah, it, it's just it just sucks that it's Netflix that is at the helm of this beloved anime series. And then on my list, I have Classroom of the Elite Season 2, which I know was a, a huge surprise to a lot of fans that they were even doing a second season because I think it's been five years. I could be wrong about that. Um, but it's been a bit since the um, the anime last aired. Wait, is it season two or is it season three? Season two, right? Okay, I'm looking here and they've already announced a third season. Wow. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's in 2023. Damn, dude, Classroom of the Elite fans getting not only one season, but two seasons confirmed. <laughs> that's that's pretty intense. But anyway, I have this on my list because after talking to Ash from Simping for Senpai, he convinced me to finally commit to classroom of the elite i just started season one i'm like one or two episodes in so very very new but i'm looking to catch up so that i can jump onto season two before it ends um and i think i could easily do that because i'm a binge watcher 12 episodes not a problem i can do that good luck to you (laughs) (laughs) although i have added it to my plan to watch list on mail so i'll I'll probably pick this up down the road there's just so much right now, especially with the, with the summer season that I have to, to pick up. So Yeah, the season is stacked. And it does have a couple of movies that um, we're looking forward to, one of which I'm going to watch, but you're probably not going to. And that's Sudene, uh, the movie. That's a KyoAni uh, mm-hmm. anime? Yes. Kyoto Animation. I watched the the season of this the anime of this and i thought it was good i'm really intrigued by archery so i picked this up and i enjoyed the story i mean it wasn't like amazing it wasn't kyoani's best work but i think it was a solid show so when i saw that a movie was coming out i immediately was like yeah let's watch this i don't know if it's going to be like a continuation of the story or a recap. I really hope it's not a recap because there's not much to recap in the first place. But yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this when it airs, looks like August 19th. So not too long of a wait. And then we have probably the most hyped movie for this season. It's The Tunnel to Summer, The Exit of Goodbye. Which I think Gigok also talked about the manga or was it? Oh, light novel, sorry. I don't remember 
but I just I've heard <laughs> like I've heard everyone talk about how excited they are for this movie. I I just don't know why they're excited. I'm not saying that it's not justified. I just don't know anything about this movie, but I'm jumping on this one based on hype alone. So I'm hoping it's a good one. Well, from my, what I remember in Gigook's video is that I think the, the the premise is a bit of a downer, and I'm I'm reading the synopsis. I mean, now. most anime movies are <laughs> yeah, usually that's, downers. That's, that's true. <laughs> they're like heart wrenching stories and. Just even looking at the movie poster for this, like it, I can tell this is going to be an emotional roller coaster. Uh, but yeah, it looks like it says it's set to premiere in September. September ninth. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if that's the Japan, uh, the release date in Japan, and then we'll have to wait a couple months. But yeah, I'm ready to get my heart broken over an anime movie again. It definitely is giving me like your name vibes or mm. I don't know what's any other one of those very sad. I want to eat your pancreas. Yeah. Like any of those sad romance anime movies. It, it's giving me those vibes. But hey, I enjoy them, which is why it's on the list. And the last movie for summer 2022 is Drifting Home, which I believe is a Netflix movie that's going to premiere on September 16th. Looking at this, it looks very similar to... Bubble? No, not Bubble. What the fuck was that other Netflix anime that I watched recently that featured kids? Oh, was it the one in space? Orbital Children? What was it? Orbital Children? Yeah, Orbital Children. Yes, it looks exactly like that. But it's like if you took Orbital Children, like the cast from Orbital Children, and placed them in the start of Sunny Boy. Because remember mm. in Sunny Boy, they they start off in like a school that's floating in the middle of, of a body of water. Yeah. That's literally what this is. <laughs> They're just so, matching ideas together now. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what to expect from this. I mean, anytime Netflix puts out something exclusive on their platform, I take it with a grain of salt because it's hit or miss. Um, but I'm, I'm interested to watch it. I'll, I'll give it a shot. It's a movie. So, you know, it's like, what, probably an hour and a half of my time that I need to dedicate. Yeah. Are you going to watch this one? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, then I'll let you know how it yeah. is. <laughs> let me know what it is because it, it does not look like it does not look interesting to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I don't know. You're watching Orient. I'll watch this. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we forgot to mention one show that we were watching. Huh? Isekai Oji-san. Oh my God. Did we skip that one? Holy shit. <laughs> Wait, what? Did yeah. I not put on my list? Uncle from Another World. Oh, Isekai I did put on my list, Oji-san. but I, I scrolled down too fast. Oh, my God. Yeah, this one we cannot we cannot end our episode without talking about. Holy first. shit. Thank you for catching that because, yes, that would have been a travesty if we did not acknowledge Isekai Oji-san. Holy shit. Okay, so Isekai Oji-san has two episodes out right now, and we've watched the first episode, and holy shit, this is probably going to be a comedy to rival the devil as a part-timer for this season i love the concept i love the art style i love the characters i loved the humor in the first episode i'm like this is some good shit and i hope it stays good through the whole season because i this is a promising show for sure yeah and i think this is one that is uh, a netflix exclusive so one of the hidden gems from that streaming service that I just said fuck you to a couple of minutes ago. But yeah, I, I 
thought this show, the first episode was fantastic in, in its humor. Um, it's, it's sort of a, a reverse isekai. It's well, an isekai reverse isekai. <laughs> yeah, because the, the uncle is returning to the real world and... From his isekai journey. So yeah. he was isekai <laughs> several years ago, but was in a coma in the current world and then wakes up one day, but he wakes up because he's returned from his isekai adventure. But then he, he's kind of still retained like the skills and experiences that he had in that world. But I think... Including the, the magical powers, I yes. think. Yes. <laughs> Which I'll, I'll just... Great humor just derived from this concept of like what happens to a character that returns from an isekai world and what are like the challenges of returning to a normal life when the world around you has changed because with this uncle it's been 17 years since he was isekai and he's returned back and it's his nephew kind of reconnecting with him in this first episode and i like that there's a a very subtle jab at the isekai genre in the first scene (laughs) of this episode (laughs) and then you have these references to I think because the uncle, um, he got isekai in the early 2000s. So there's a lot of nostalgic references there that millennials like us can can appreciate. But I think the highlight, the absolute highlight of the show is that the uncle is voiced by Takahito Koyasu, who is the voice of Dio from JoJo's Bizarre <laughs> Adventure. And then to add to that, his nephew, who's the other main character, Takafumi, is voiced by Jun Fukuyama, who is best known as Lelouch from Code oh, Geass. Right. So if you listen carefully, it's almost like you're watching or you're hearing Listening to, Dio yeah. converse with Lelouch. Like, what the fuck? It's so good. <laughs> it is so good. But yeah, this is a fantastic episode one. Probably the best episode one that we're getting this season. Maybe like after Made in Abyss. Made in Abyss is very different from Isekai Oji-san. So I, I'm, I'm hooked on this show. I, I'm getting hooked in the same way that um, your boy Kong Ming hooked us yeah. in the last season. So that's a really good sign. I, I'm super excited for Isekai Oji-san. And thank you again for reminding me <laughs> that I skipped over it because I would have been so upset with myself if we didn't talk about this. Oh, my God. And I think we were in another world. <laughs> yeah. forgotten about <laughs> mentioning this or mentioning Isekai Oji-san. Well, jumping from that back into the shit that is upcoming and uh, there's not much left. I'm looking at the list here. So there's just two more things I wanted to mention. They are coming out with a Sasaki and Miyano OVA. So for anyone like myself who watched that, um, that could be promising. I don't know what it's supposed to be about, but I love anything related to this anime because it was such a, a great love story. And then there's also... Under the unknown category, there's a Tonikaku Kawaii, some sort of special. I don't know what it is. Like they don't even they don't even know what it is over at Mal. So maybe it's an OVA, maybe it's a special. I don't know what the fuck to expect from this. Oh wait, it says special episode in the synopsis. It's just a special. What episode. what know. is that even? Tonikaku Kawaii. Oh the the anime. Mm-hmm. Um, it's oh god, it's Tonikawa Over the Moon for You is the localized title. It's about a guy who gets saved by a girl it's the that's their first time meeting but he falls in love with her immediately and they get married and it's just like two people 
who are in a canon relationship who are actually married and like going through the honeymoon phase like they Hmm. they're both very new to dating in general so like they don't know how to be a married couple and it's very cutesy it's very wholesome i have to say i liked the first season but i didn't love it the way everybody else seemed to love it i was like something about this just doesn't click with me which is weird because i love any show that's that that gives us a canon couple any romance anime that gives us an actual canon couple i'm like let's fucking go but something about this just just wasn't for me um but i i'm willing to watch this special episode i don't know anything about it there's nothing here in the synopsis so who fucking knows what this is about but yes there is a tony kaku kawaii um special coming out in august hmm okay that was <laughs> i was not expecting that that <laughs> answer because i had no idea what this was yeah it's all right i don't think you'd like it i don't think it's up your alley one thing that i was eyeing is this anime hasn't come out yet the maid i hired recently is mysterious oh are you gonna watch that i i, I was like on the fence i think it depends on if i drop another show that we've just started watching i just don't know how i feel about the premise because i was reading a synopsis for it and it start, starts off like interesting right like there's this kid whose family gets a new maid and she likes to tease him but then they're like alluding to the fact that the kid starts to fall in love with her and they are in two very different age ranges (laughs) very different so i'm like i don't know so is this the dumpster fire it may be (laughs) like you know i i I don't commit to every dumpster fire i'm not interested in every dumpster fire it just depends so this one i'm probably less interested in but I'll, I'll keep an eye on the mail score. Let me know. If you watch this one, let me know how it is. And if you think it's worth it, I'll I'll jump on it. I feel like this anime kind of plays on that boyhood fantasy of a maid who caters to your every whim. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I get mad so, Shotokan vibes from this, which is probably oh, why okay, I'm yeah. a bit hesitant. Although I am kind of sad to not watch it because the main character is voiced by Rie Takahashi. Rie Takahashi, mm. who I fucking love because she does voices like Megumin from Konosuba and Sumi from Rent-A-Girlfriend. Like, I think she's also in Orient. As, is she? Uh, she's also Takagi-san. Like, she's a fantastic voice actress, one of my favorite female voice actresses. And yeah, I want to support her, but I'm a little scared of this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I drop something and I end up picking this up, I will let everyone know how I feel. Well, as you can tell from all of the anime we just talked about, this season is fucking stacked. Summer 2022 is looking real good. If there's anything that we didn't talk about or is not on our list that you guys think we should pick up or at least consider, please reach out to us. Let us know via like Instagram or Twitter. You can email us or join our Discord because we're always open to recommendations. We never want to miss out on something that's good just because we... I don't know, judged a book by its cover or didn't think it would be good. So yeah, let us know what you guys would recommend. And as we mentioned earlier, if you want to hear our final thoughts on the season after it's finished airing, that's exclusive for our patrons. So head over to patreon.com slash strictly series. And if you join, you'll be able to hear our end of season review for summer 2022. But there you have it. Thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate you guys tuning in and joining us each and every week. Hope you enjoyed uh, this first impressions episode and hopefully you have some recommendations for what to watch.
And hopefully you have a cool summer because it is hot as fuck out there. It is, yeah, it's really <laughs> fucking hot. I'm actually sweating right now. So, so stay inside, watch your anime. It's a <laughs> yes. lot better than stepping outside. Touching grass is overrated <laughs> when it's really fucking hot out. So don't worry about it. Just watch summer 2022 anime. But with all that said, subscribe to Strictly Anime on your favorite podcast service. Join our Discord to chat with us. Follow us on Instagram at the Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series. And check out our website, thestrictlyseries.com. If you'd like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash thestrictlyseries and tune into Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. All links are in the description. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb. First is Tsunere. I can't ever say that fast. Tsunere. Fuck. Let me record that.